So, it's episode 59, and tonight I'm calling in the heavy artillery, baby. That's right. The B-roll himself, Travis MCP, is in the building, and the podcast starts right now. What's up, people? This your boy, Viper, the man about tech, and welcome back to another episode of Fight Drive. This is the podcast about tech, hosted by the man about tech, and tonight, I am bringing in one of the most exciting tech YouTubers in the game today. He calls himself the B-Roll. That's right. Travis MCP is in the cut. What's up, bro? How you doing? What's going on, everybody? What's going on? How goes it? It goes, man. It goes. It goes. Thank you for joining me tonight. I am definitely appreciative of you and your time. Yeah, I mean, I I see you bringing out the 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 big guns lately, so I'm like, let me you know, let me see if I can get a little bit of this juice. <laughs> I see, baby, I see you. So, this this is interesting to me. You and me started YouTube around almost the same time. I think you started it what in February 2018, right? Well, it depends on how you look at it. Uh, my very first kind of techish thing was exactly two years ago tomorrow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The one, I mean, depending on how you look at it, like I, after that I did a couple like vloggy things. So I still wasn't sure. And then I really like staked my claim in, in February, but if you kind of want to be technical about it, it's two years tomorrow. All right. Well, happy YouTube anniversary to you, but you, sir, you are a man of my own heart because you made a bet on your scope in your very first year of YouTube. Did hmm. 10,000 subscriber bet. Yeah. Tell us about the 10,000 subscriber bet that you made on your scope, bro. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, I, I've talked about this a couple of times, and it was both a blessing and a curse. Um, essentially, you know, when I decided to get into doing a YouTube channel, um, when I was like, okay, I'm actually going to try and really try hard. Um, I need to keep myself honest and make sure that I was actually going to try hard. And I know, I know myself pretty well, so I know what kind of things I need to do to keep myself honest, keep myself going. So one of the things was I, I meant, I, I said, all right, look, if I can't get to 10,000 in one year, then I'm just going to quit. And, you know, I don't, I would not recommend that for most people. I think it's, it's kind of a silly thing to do, but I needed to do it because, you know, I need to make sure I was going to put everything I could into it. And if I didn't make that goal, I didn't think that I was ever going to make that goal. So little did I know, because I look, know, knew so little at the time that that was a ridiculous thing to do, but I mean, it worked out It ended up working out. Man, you put your head down, you grinded, and you made it happen, man. So congratulations to you, man. Glad you didn't quit, man, because you're you're one of my favorite creators. So I'm glad you didn't quit. You did the damn thing. I appreciate that. So I guess the next logical question is, uh, what brought you to YouTube? Why did you start making YouTube videos? Yeah, that's a pretty good question. Um, basically, uh Back in 2011 or so, somewhere around there, 2011, 2012, I, I stopped uh, a mixed martial art podcast that I've been doing for quite a while. I kind of got burned out. I liked it, but I was getting burned out on it. And I'd always considered going back and, uh, you know, doing podcasting again, but I just never got around to it. That that kind of three or four month break turned into like seven years or something like that. And um, I'd always considered trying YouTube. And I, you know, I think like everyone, you put just a couple videos here and there, but you're not really trying to do anything with it. 
but it was uh i started watching a lot more youtube in i think it was the end of 2017 i started just as like my regular viewing i think it's because i was looking up drones and stuff and um i ended up watching the everyday dad and um i started kind of digging him and he had a video in january of that of 2018 I, I, where he said you know hey is my one you know I, I, i've been doing this for a year and i got 10,000 subscribers and i'm like holy crap you can get 10,000 subscribers in a year because i was positive at that point that there's no way you could do that uh you could get 10,000 i was like the only people that are in youtube that are big are people that are just big and it's just never gonna happen again so when i when i saw that i'm like oh my gosh maybe i should go for this so it was really because of that i always wanted to do something else entertaining again i wanted to get back into it um but uh that was what kind of got me going it's always cool when you can like draw inspiration from other creators and they can help jumpstart the motivation with inside you to do what you want to do. It's, it's a beautiful thing. The YouTube community is lit. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing uh, because for the first many months of me doing YouTube, it was very lonely and it is for a lot of people. I mean, it's very lonely for a lot of people, but um, it was a couple months in when I um, did my first collab with Jeff and Jeff knew like you and a couple other people. And then once I became part of that community, that changed. I mean, it was like a, it was like chapter two. It was really like part two because the first part was really lonely and just trying to figure it out on your own. And, you know, I don't recommend that. Uh, I, I think it's always better when you have like a group of people around you that can not only give you advice, but by the same token, like help you through the tough times and, and that sort of thing. It's, um, it really made, it made a big difference, it made a big difference. Yeah, I would definitely attest to the fact that having a tribe or finding your dope squad, as Peter McKinnon would say, is definitely the way to go if you choose to, uh, to take the YouTube path. But we got to talk about your current pin tweet, baby, because you... What is my current pin tweet? I don't even know anymore. Casey, uh, Casey Knight, that? Hello. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we, we got to talk about how that all came about. You made a video about Casey, yeah. and then he he thought a video responded. So tell us about that experience. Were you uh, kind of linking up with Casey Knight, that? Yeah, Casey's cool, man. I mean, I, I I feel like I miss him whenever I'm at live events, but uh, I'd love to get up with him. So basically, I was just, you know, I was I, I like to do different type of content. Like, I think at the time I was still just doing mainly reviews, but every so often I do just something weird. And um, I remember watching one of his um, his video. He used to do Tech Tuesday, and I always thought it was pretty cool. And uh, I remember like thinking, wow, you know, in some ways, if you look at it a certain way, he's like a really excellent tech YouTuber. Like he's, he's one of the best in that he can bring something that's technical down to someone who's not technical's kind of speaking point and really kind of, and that was something that I kind of tried to pride myself on. So I just made a video that was kind of contrarian. I'm like, he's the best tech YouTuber. And I was just like, you know, whatever. Right. I did know that every so often he would watch videos about himself. So I knew there was like an off chance that he might see it, but you know, I, I wasn't hanging my hat on that in any, any way. And then when he um, tweeted at me, like all within a couple of minutes, he tweeted at me, left a comment on the video. I did. A, and then retweeted, and a, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. It was really cool. And that, for me, it was more about the, I don't care about the shout out portion. Like that's cool. But the part of it that really got me was that someone who I respected and really appreciated kind of appreciated and respected my work, which I, to me, that's the same thing whenever I, and I don't do a lot of content about other creators. I mean, I just did something about Austin Evans because I think he hit on something that, you know, we've been all hitting on, but I appreciate the kind of like the head nod, like the, yeah, you know, right. Like, that's what I appreciate. I don't care about the shout out stuff. It doesn't really, 
I don't care about that. Yeah, no doubt. It's nice to know that people that you uh, that you look up to and who content you've watched for a long time on the platform acknowledge the work that you put in. So it's definitely legit. Yeah. Yo, Travis. Yeah. I'm going to need you to calm down because me and you had an interesting experience a couple of years ago. We kind of have like one of the same favorite YouTubers and me and you got to live stream with this particular YouTuber, yeah. Flossy Carter. So tell my listeners about your experience live streaming with Flossy Carter. Yeah, I mean, I have to thank you for that because I, I would have not had that opportunity um, for sure without you. I've had some interactions with Flossie, and it's because of that live stream that he actually did collab with me later on a video I did later or last year, I should say. Um, really, it's it's because of you having such a phenomenal kind of a live stream that people of all sizes feel comfortable coming on. Did that even happen? And Flossie's just a difficult person to, to peg down in general. Yeah. Well, for someone I've been watching for an incredible amount of years, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was cool. I was like super hyped about that. I was really um, honored that he collabed with me because that's kind of difficult. Uh, that like seems to never happen. So um, that was that's been one of the cooler things just because I, I, I like Flossie so much um, and I and I dig his content. So it's always been for me and I know for you the same like we, we just dig we just dig who he is. And um, to have someone like respect, you know, the grind and everything that, that what we're putting in is is awesome. I love it. Yo, let me tell you all, Frosty Carter is legit, man. Not only did he come and live stream with us, he hung out for some five hours, like five hours, <laughs> like crazy. bananas, like, and it was a lit live stream. For those of y'all had that missed it, it's up on the channel. If you guys want to go watch that replay, I was in there with me, Travis, Roberto, Blake. I think Catwoman was there, Painfully on the Tech was there, Frosty Carter was there. We were all hanging out in the same live stream for five hours just lit it was crazy yeah it was lots of fun um i even when i made the video about flossy carter i even kind of mentioned the, a lot from that live stream because it was so funny uh there was just think there was just aspects of it that i was crying i was laughing so hard when it was happening so it's yeah. still one of my favorite things i've i've participated in youtube it was just such a cool cool night for sure no doubt no doubt man so this next bit is hella interesting to me personally because Marquette came out with his smartphone award for 2019 a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, whatever. Yeah. He called the OnePlus 7 Pro his smartphone of the year. Yeah. Now, for those, anybody who's living under the rock, y'all know that I disagree vehemently with that award. But <laughs> the interesting thing about this particular award is that this man on my podcast, my guest right now, actually agrees with Marquez. And what makes this even more like crazy and strange to me is that if it wasn't for me, I don't think Travis would even get a OnePlus 7 Pro. So, yeah. I need to, I that need to, true. right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the reason why Travis got a OnePlus 7 Pro last year in the first place. And then he goes and agrees with Marquez that it's the smartphone of the year. So I'm just curious, what makes you think, or why did you believe that, the, or why do you believe that the OnePlus 7 Pro was the smartphone of the year last year? And it, and this is kind of a personal thing, I guess. Um, I, I, it's, does it mean it's the, like the best spec device? No, it wasn't obviously. Uh, does it mean it had the best camera? No. Um, but it hit so many, first of all, it came, one of the things that actually made it so high on my list was a, the price, which I just can't ignore. And so people go, well, if you ignore the price, well, but you can't, because if you can't afford the thing, it doesn't matter how good it is. Like, I don't care if a Ferrari is car of the year, if I can never have it, I don't care. Like, tell me the things that I can get, uh, that would be like the phone of the year. But for me, like price is part of it. Another part of it was just the speed and the way it's so smooth, but really the thing that kind of, and maybe this is unfair, but we're, one of the things that really worked in its favor was that I was never looking forward to it. It felt like it came out of nowhere. 
And, um, you know, it was never a contender in my mind. It was like, it was, you know, it was either going to be Samsung or iPhone, you know, it was always going to be one of those two. And then all of a sudden you had something that actually had a reason to, to be in the mix for me. It was my most enjoyable Android phone of the year easily by far. Now I love my iPhone now. It's fine. I love it. Um, it has some, I, you know, when I went to Vegas, I talked about in a recent video, the lack of multitasking started to annoy me, but, um, I would say that my, my most favorite kind of like best experience with the phone this past year was the one plus seven pro, um, over even the note, uh, 10 plus and stuff. So I think when I say phone of the year, I, I you know, I, I take everything with a grain of salt. I mean, everyone's going to have a different opinion and mine is mine weighs on a lot of things that some people don't put as much value behind Some people just ignore price altogether. And that's, uh, you know, I respect that. Um, but I think price pays a big, big, uh, point in uh, a phone of the year candidate for me, because again, if you can't afford it, it doesn't kind of matter. You know, you can come out with a $30,000 phone and then say, well, that's always the phone of the year. Just come out with a $30,000 phone every single year. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. There's gotta be some, some kind of credence put into the pricing of a phone. Just my thoughts. No, no, I completely understand that. So for Marquez, I think his big thing was refresh rate, and it seems like your big thing is price. Well, I mean, I, the refresh rate is a small part of a bigger puzzle. Mm -hmm. I think some people are overlooking refresh rate, and other people are hyping it up too much. Um, what makes the refresh rate excellent is when the operating system works with it, and I think Oxygen does. Everything just opens and closes so fast. And it's not even something where you have to go in and turn off a bunch of animations. I never touch any of the animations on the one plus seven. I had to on the note. It just felt right. It almost felt like it. This is the funniest thing. It almost felt like iOS on an Android. Like it was that kind of level of smooth. And when I, anything that I ever use it, and I, you know, I waited months and I'm like, is this thing ever going to slow down? Waiting for it to slow down. Waiting for that Android slowdown that most phones got. And it never got it. Never got it. Yeah. I can definitely attest since I have a one plus seven pro even though I don't really use it anymore, but it is definitely fast. It's fluid. It's a decent phone. Like, I personally didn't feel like it was smartphone of the year, but by no means wasn't a bad device. It was a very good device. I mean, I enjoyed the time that I used it, though. So it's definitely legit. You could definitely say that the, the iPhone is, or even the Note is, because of all the different features and stuff it has. But I also like to look at the, the core. I'm Lately, I've been really looking at the core functionality of these devices and the things you use 90% of the time, not the thing you use one time to show a friend because it's cool. And no other phone can do it. I mean, who cares? <laughs> I mean, right. you can draw a little bunny on your face and it moves around when you move your face. That's great. <laughs> if you're 12 on TikTok, that's awesome. But if you're not, then who cares? You know? Right, right. Yeah. So you had another unique experience last year. I had a similar experience in 2018. You went to Vid Summit. Ah, yes. Yeah. So talk about your experience at Vid Summit 2019. Yeah, that was cool too. Um, I think. In a lot of ways, um, Vid Summit was for me. I went to VidCon Vid Summit uh, last year, and right. Vid Summit blew VidCon out of the water. <laughs> and um, obviously, because you get to be surrounded by a bunch of creators that are just cool. Some, you know, that was the first. Well, that was the second one because I had met Jeff before that. So um, Jeff and I have become really good friends. I'm not just streaming now. We've actually met and hung out. I think three times now, like CES Vid Summit and another time. So we've been able to uh, to grow like a real a real genuine friendship um despite the fact that we don't live anywhere near each other but it's something it was one of those times where we got to hang out a little bit and i got to meet some new people uh brandon butch is a cool dude got to meet um 
Brandon from This is Tech Today, um, you know, a bunch of people that were in our circle and then just other random people. And I, I think there's nothing cooler than being in that environment when you are a creator. Like, it's just creators. That's all it is. Um, it was really the energy, the energy that you get from that place and being surrounded, just walking around and seeing all the face. I feel like I'm still there. I like I, I feel like I was just there the other day. And here I was hours ago looking at hotel prices already. I'm like, yeah, all right, let's gotta get this going. Get this <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I'm I'm very excited to go again. I hope you'll be there this time. It'll be lots of fun if you can uh, come on down there. Yeah, if I have my way, I would definitely be coming back to Vin Summit in 2020, no doubt, man. So what was your biggest takeaway from Vin Summit? I was really busy during the entire time. Um <laughs> But I will say that, um, I mean, so it wasn't anything ab about um, like YouTube in general. It was just really the relationships, which I think got ironically taken to another level at CES because I was able to spend even more time uh, with friends and stuff at CES. I feel like ironically, Vid um, Summit kind of set me up for CES in hanging with people and becoming more friendly and more, you know, having more friends and and I think um, I think it's really important because YouTube is is like the is the weirdest thing for people who aren't creators, and it's very difficult to explain what it's like to be like popular but never interacting with anyone. Really, I mean, really, that's what, it, or at least not seeing the people, like the comments and stuff. And at first, that's really cool, but it, then at some point, you get so used to it, it becomes fake. Like you don't believe it's real. Like those aren't real people leaving comments until you meet someone, and then it becomes real because as humans, we crave interactions with actual other people like actual human beings and i think as humans we we were, we're i think we're more pack animals than some of us would like to to admit so when you actually have an opportunity to be a part of a pack that does the same thing you feel a lot closer to that that person or that group of people and um it's just it's just a better experience all around absolutely man i put out a tweet today i made a self goal for myself this year to hit 100k on the main channel and in my tweet i said I need to be surrounded by people who are trying to go after the same things I'm going after and who are about putting in the work. I can't be surrounded by negativity. I don't want that type of aspect in my life. So if you're not about to grind, then I got to I got to I got to put you inside. You got to you got to go on the back burner because yeah. I need positive people in my aura, man, because I'm, I'm like you, man. I need people. I need like minded people that are going after or are that are going after similar things to what I'm trying to achieve. So no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's just it's a it's. The YouTube journey is weird, man. Like, um, I mean, there's, uh, I've had lots of conversations with creative friends that, that where I've had to be real, like, like real, like real vulnerable and they've been real vulnerable with me. So I've, I've had these conversations with people that got super real and, um, you know, creating is, is rough. It's, uh, you want, you wish that, you know, these subscriber numbers and stuff actually meant something, um, uh, more than what they actually do. Uh, for me, the, the 10 was really important in order to kind of validate something in my mind that I thought was a validation. I can tell you, I, I feel no more validated now than I did then. And in some ways I feel less validated. So these things, these are not to say not to go for goals. You should, I mean, it, it, it keeps you going, it keeps you motivated. Um, but you should have like multiple goals because once you hit the main goal, like, and you're there, it's kind of like, man, now, now what? At the end of the day, man, these things are most of these things are just numbers on a computer screen somewhere, and they don't mean as much as we think they do. I personally kind of struggle with this at times, and I, you hear like imposter syndrome all the time. I don't think I have imposter syndrome, but I mean, it, maybe I do, and I don't realize it. Maybe it's maybe it's a bit of 
like wondering what other people think of me in some case, in some cases, I don't care. Like, you know, if you like my content, great. If you don't, that's fine. No big deal. But you know, this, this last, I'll tell you, I'll be, I'll be real honest with you. This last, well, this, this last, this January, January win right now, these last 21 days, um, tomorrow being my two year have been some of the worst, uh, days as far as like general performance. And the problem is that that feeds into a psyche of a creator who's been told that they're validated by their view numbers. And in some instances you really are. So for me, it's been terrible. Now I got mentally beaten down. So, so much in 2019 that the, what is probably the biggest beat down mentally I've ever had, which is this month doesn't even hurt as much as I know that it could like it, it probably should destroy me. I probably would quit. If this had happened six months ago, I probably would quit. The only reason that it isn't affecting me as much, it is affecting me. I'm not going to lie. It is absolutely affecting me, but the only reason it doesn't affect me to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm quitting tomorrow is because I've been so beaten down by the up and down nature of YouTube that I almost don't feel anything. I know that I, that I feel, I do feel bad. I actually do feel bad and I'm, and I'm struggling to kind of understand what I can do to make things better. But if, again, if I hadn't been so ruined by what I consider overall a failure, which was 2019, I might actually take this a lot more to the head than I even am now. And, and I could say I'm taking it to that. And I have other creative friends that I talk to that are really taking it to the head. And I, I hope that they, they don't, you know, quit in at the last, the last second. Cause this is, I'll be honest, this is rough. I guess validation though, needs to come through other things than numbers, because if you rely on those numbers, man, that is such a fickle thing. Yeah, I was talking to somebody else about this. Sometimes you just got to get up and walk away and come back another day, man. I mean, when you're feeling that type of way, man. just walk away and go do something else. Go do something maybe non-YouTube related. Just go enjoy life because there's more to life than YouTube and numbers and things like that. So yep. sometimes we just need to step away from the platform and just go live out some real life and then come back later when we're more mentally refreshed. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, you know, so I was looking at my 2019 and 2018 uh, numbers before I got on here. And what had happened in 2019 is I would have a terrible month and then I would have a good month. And then I have a bad month and a good month, maybe two good months in a row and then a bad month. So it would do this. This is what I'm talking about where I was kind of beaten down so often. It would be one thing if you had like eight months of greatness and then you just had two bad months and you went you know, eight again. I literally was going like every other month. So that's why I'm kind of like, okay, just punch me in the face. But the interesting thing is like I consider 2019 a failure, which is in for me. I feel bad for anyone who would look at that and say that I'm being pretentious in some way, because if I look at 2019 and what I did accomplish, I accomplished a lot of great things, but the goals that I set myself in 2019 were completely failed. I failed them so much so that I'm glad it wasn't the first year. Cause I would have quit like legitimately would have quit. So I've got to try to keep, on target for a little while, I, I'll tell you what keeps me going. One thing that does keep me going are my Saturday morning live streams because <laughs> the people that show up for those, uh, have literally changed my day on occasion. I've gone into the live streams on occasion. Like I remember even this past weekend, this past Saturday, uh, I set up my stuff and I'm like, 
I want to do this, but I don't want to do this. Like I'm not mentally, I was beaten down. I was like, I was feeling terrible. Like, I I don't even know that I can have any kind of fun. I think if you watch the beginning of the live stream, you can tell that I wasn't feeling up to it. By the time the thing was over, man, I felt so good because the people that showed up showed out and it was, um, it's this part I'd heard before I became a creator. I don't even know if I like the word creator, but it's the thing that I used to watch other YouTubers talk about. Oh, the algorithm. And oh, I remember thinking as a viewer, before I ever had a channel, I was like, these people are complaining about nothing. There's no algorithm. What are you talking about? You just need to make better content or, you know, you know why would you be depressed? Just making videos. Shut up. Right. I was, these things are going through my mind. But when you go through it, you realize this is real, real stuff. And as silly as it might seem, I mean, it's not like I'm working at Burger King, my hours got cut, and now I really don't have any money. Like, I mean, it's definitely not that bad. I, I fully admit that. And it's not like someone just died. It's not like I'm going through that emotional turmoil. There is a different level. Everything's different. Like, everything's relative to what disappointment is. Your disappointment at your $2 million a year job might be not getting your bonus. Your disappointment at your job at Popeye's might be not getting your $0.15 cent an hour raise. You know, everything is relative and it can hit you just as hard. So for us, you know, having what would be considered a, an overall bad month and, you know, not getting views or whatever, which means maybe no sponsorships and certainly your money gets cut into, that's some scary stuff. And you have no direct control over it. Like at Wendy's or something, just flip them burgers better. But here, like you could make a video that would normally get 20,000 views and make it in the wrong month and get like 2,000 views. And it's there, you have no control over that. There's nothing to do. Then you have these weird things like people. And you, when you start putting yourself out there for social media, a you're open to criticism, right? And you have to make that, you have to make that exchange and know that, Hey, I'm going to put myself out there. So people are going to criticize me. You have to be okay with that. Right. After you're okay with, if you can even put yourself through that, some people, that was one of my biggest fears when I first started. I don't know what people are going to say about me. I don't know what people are going to say about me right now. I mean, I just, I, whatever, right? Um, you have to like get a, not only a thick skin, your skin's got to be dead in some instances. I know you know this. I know you know this. Yeah. I mean, you, you get stuff, you laugh it off, which is kind of funny, <laughs> but not everyone could laugh off some of the stuff people have said to you. And I made your respect for what you've done because that is not a small thing. You get past that. Then you realize people are after you. Just cause, and then you get something that happens like to John Prosser and swatting you. Sorry for the language, but I mean, that's ridiculous. Yep. Swatting people, potentially taking your life. That's not legit. And then they try to hack your stuff. I don't know if Prosser's ever talked about, I know he talked about it to us. He might've mentioned it, you know, years ago, like they figured out where he lived and they're like, we're turning his power off and stuff like getting his power shut off. I mean, just ridiculous stuff. Like this is stuff that people don't, and I will tell you this right now. Um, I've made a decision about a lot of this stuff already is not to, to, you know, pro wrestling, man, they say, you know, selling, when you sell something like in pro wrestling, you get hit, you sell you, Oh, like, you know, you're like, I'm not selling nothing. You know, if you say something mean to me, and even if it does affect me, you're never going to know, you're never going to know if I even saw it, not going to give you that. I'm not, I'm not going to give you that amount of time. You know, if you do something that that's illegal to me, don't worry, you'll get yours, but you're not going to know. No one else is going to know. I'm not going to give you the platform I worked hard on hard to get to, to allow you to try to take me down. So, amen, man. Amen. I feel you. I mean, 
it's like I say, life is too short and we don't have time to be embracing these negatives and these haters and people that are just trying to bring negative aura into our faith, man. We just got to keep going for what we're trying to go for and just block out all the noise, really block out the noise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Uh, it is just something. It is weird to be, and I'm not a big YouTuber by any means. And I, I have this thing where I still see myself as like having like 10 or 15,000 subscribers, whatever that's supposed to feel like. That's what it feels like to me. And I I've felt that way for a long time. And I'm surprised when anyone knows who I am. It's, uh, but it is a, it is a weird exchange that you're giving up privacy and certain other things, which I, some of that stuff I don't care about, but for some people you might think, Oh, I'd love to be a TikTok or a YouTube star. I don't know if you really want that. <laughs> some, some people think they do, but they don't really want that. You know? Yeah, it's definitely another world, man, but let's take it back to a more, a more happy subject. You just got back from Thea. So let's talk about your yeah. time in Thea. CES was amazing. I have to decide whether or not I'm going to go back next year. And it wouldn't be because I didn't have a great time. I had an amazing time. And there were, you have to go into CES with a battle plan. That never became more obvious to me than when I was there. And I kind of knew it going into it. And I did have somewhat of a battle plan. But I think the biggest thing, the number one thing, is that know what you're going to do while you're there. Because uh, it's an industry thing, right? So. Right. If you don't know, I, I would actually recommend if you don't have a bunch of like sponsor stuff, you need to go just, just go and just walk and don't try to be 27 places because the place is a, is, is, is a, is a crap show. Uh, it was the traffic is terrible, man. I've never seen something like that. Um, at the end of the day, man, like I, I would do it again next week if I could, <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> cool things about it, but it is very draining. I, I think one, one day I did 23,000 steps, which sounds ridiculous. I don't even know how that's possible. Uh, but yeah, I vibe you, you need to go, um, just because it's, it's our people that, that is as close to a tech conference as you will get as far as like tech tube, instead of like VidCon, like a, a tech con, which I've been talking about for years, like CES is that. What was like the most coolest piece of tech or coolest uh, concept you saw at CES? Um, I saw a lot of cool stuff. I saw them robots. You know how I feel about them. <laughs> right. Aside from that, um, uh, just a lot of cool stuff, man. Uh, one of the cool, I keep talking about this because for me, it was one of the, it was one of the cooler kind of not moments because there's multiple of them. But like I said, I, I got to grow, grow like a real friendship with a couple guys. Um, Jeff being one of them. And, uh, <laughs> that dude, um, that's a great dude. Yes. Yeah. But here's, here's what's funny. So we're on the, um, uh, the floor. And, uh, it's so funny because I'm the, I'm the, the bigger YouTuber, right? Which is, I think it's hilarious. Cause I don't feel that way. And when we go to these, uh, these, um, these little places for the, the different manufacturers, like Jeff is like the celebrity, <laughs> I'm like invisible, which is totally fine with me. I think it was, I was getting a kick out of it because like Jeff would go to these, um, different headphone manufacturer tables and stuff. And after he would have his meeting, like they would always ask for a picture with him. I'm like, this dude is got, and I said, these, these little ladies are giving you the googly eyes and stuff. Too, man. <laughs> Go ahead and take this picture while you can, uh, because let me tell you something. Uh, it was real. It was nice. It was, it was really cool, really cool to experience that. But tech wise, I mean, there's, there was a bunch of stuff. And I think, um, what we're going to see 
unfortunately is most of that stuff is never going to come out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> one thing. But the biggest thing I walked away from CES was TCL is a bigger player than I ever imagined. Oh yes. In so many aspects, because it wasn't just like the phones and TV. It wasn't just that if you were in Vegas, just in Vegas, you could not get away from a TCL sign poster or something anywhere. Like they owned Vegas and it was weird because that would be something you would think Samsung or Apple would pull, right? They were big time in everybody. Yo, I told you all TCL coming for everybody's next man. They, they're not playing. I'm telling you TCL. <laughs> I need to get up with some TCL and be their best friend because I did not know they had it like that. Or they might be broke by tomorrow because they spent out on, on Vegas. I mean, like, trucks you drive by with tcl they had the signs when you were waiting for a bus whatever all the signs are like everything was tcl they had a big party which i, I didn't get a chance to go to they um tcl is everything so i feel like i should have i wish i had known that i didn't figure it out until i was about leaving uh i should have made a better connection with the tcl guy at the very first the very first thing i went to was a tcl event um i wish i had known that they were big time and everybody otherwise i would have i would have like i would have gone home with them i don't know those dudes were doing it yeah, TCO is definitely going to be a major player. And like Travis said, they're not just only in phones. They got a uh, oh, they got TVs and everything. Like they they are they are a big player in the tech game on the come up for real. So definitely be on the lookout for TCL. You will hear their name a lot in the yeah. coming years ahead. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So Travis, you know, we got a bunch of tech coming in 2020. What are you looking forward to most in 2020 as far as tech goes? You ain't gonna like this. No. <laughs> I like that clamshell phone, son. Oh, I, mean, I want are you... the Samsung version, though. I don't think I want the Motorola. Motorola's rest in peace. If that if that, <laughs> if that Samsung comes out like under a thousand dollars, I love Michael Fisher. I got to hang out with him, got to meet him in person. I've you know I've I collabed with him. He's just been a really cool dude. I'll tell you about some of the conversations we had here in a minute. But he's wrong, son. <laughs> Motorola, rest in peace. If that Samsung comes out, and you can clip this and you can put it on Twitter and tweet it right at him. Michael Fisher, I love you, but you wrong, son. Uh, you talking about nostalgia, and I get that, but there ain't enough nostalgia in the world for fifteen hundred dollars on a phone that's underpowered. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you know, a lot of times the average consumer they don't really care about a phone being you know, underpowered. You're paying fifteen hundred dollars for a flip phone, it's you, not happening. That no, you would be surprised, bro. <laughs> they're not an average consumer then. They're not an average <laughs> consumer paying fifteen hundred dollars for a phone. They're something else. I you don't know, know the roller roller razor with the iPhone of Dato, right? It was legit. You saw them everywhere. They were cool. Yep. You don't got to do that no more. The battle's in the mid the mid range now. Twenty twenty is battle of the mid range. Yeah, but I, we're, we're just talking about the razor though. If when when the razor comes out, because for whatever reason it's been indefinitely delayed. But when it comes to market, Travis, you know it's gonna make some noise. They're gonna sell some. Oh yeah. But what does that mean? Just like um for the Galaxy Fold, they said they like sold a bunch or so. You can say you sold out. <laughs> oh, you can't compare it to that. Come on, man. What is this? You can say you sold out of something if you only sold twelve of them. And only made twelve of them. You know what I mean? Like you can say whatever you want. <laughs> You say, listen, I sold out of that thing. I sold out of them, son. Well, you made three. Okay, congratulations. So that's what I'm saying. I'm saying they can make a limited run that's just a little bit larger than their pre-order hype thing, which they did a pre-order, but not really a pre-order, whatever the hell that was. God. Just make a couple more extra than that. And you say, we sold out of them. So you see one person every 16 years and has one. Every 16 years. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know, man, Travis. There is a there is a palpable galaxy fold army on Twitter, man. A, a lot of people that we know have the fold, so I don't know. I don't know, Travis. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. That's... I'm just saying, man. <sighs> there, there's a lot of people that like that fold, so I think you're right, though. There are a lot of people that are going to be gravitating towards that Samsung clamshell, for real. I think so, and I think um, it'll probably be a better phone overall. So let's see. I hope that it is. I mean, because I kind of want it. I got some extra phones I need to sell. So if anyone wants to buy one of my old uh, my iPhone 10R or my uh, Samsung A51, this is the homeboy shopping network right now, son. <laughs> oh, I'm going to give Viper a 5% cut. Whatever we can sell here today. Let's, <laughs> let's get this going. Let's get some bids in the chat. Right. Travis and the P, baby. Hit them up. Hit them up. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. So um, you talked about being at this summit. You talked about being at CES and meeting all the creators. So I'm curious, Travis, what would be your dream collaboration? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, I think I've already done it. It'd probably be a floss, which, uh, you know, something I never thought would be possible. I, I would love to do more. I want to be my all my all my collabs for the most part have been in, they've not just been your typical collab. Like I try to do something interesting with them. Um like even with you, the collab we did on your channel for the the Echo Show, like I was right. calling you through the Echo Show. Like I like doing different stuff, like something that's right. just different. I like that. Um, I've done collabs with smaller channels. I've done collabs with bigger channels. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I also would like because I think it'd be interesting to. It's not a, it's not a, like a dream collab. Like I don't care if I ever do it. I just think it would be interesting to. There's at least one video idea that I would like to do if it ever comes to be, and that would be sit down with MKBHD and watch that video I made a year and a half ago and then just film the reactions from it. And I, I don't, it's not something I really like, if it never happens, I don't care. I just think it'd be interesting because it could be slightly cringy, which would be kind of funny, I think. And I think there should be some interesting things because a, I never said anything bad about them, but B like, I just think it would be, there's something interesting to me about that. And I like things that are interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I, that's the only thing I can think of. Everything else is just like, hey, it'd be cool to, you know, do something with Jonathan again. Um, I'd love to do something with. I don't know how it would work, something with Michael Fisher, but I don't even know. How I, I just need to figure out stuff that 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 is different and interesting. That's the that's the way I like to do the collabs. Yeah, I think uh, when you come up with a uh, when you come up with a collaboration idea, <clears throat> it's definitely better when you come up with something unique that hasn't been done before, or just something that's out of the norm because. Yeah. I mean, how many creators are on YouTube doing the same videos all the time? I mean, you definitely got to come up with something fresh and different and like never before done or just something that's out of the norm because we see the same old tired stuff every year. And I mean, you got to you got to be different. You got to be fresh. And this is probably the bad way to do it. But I almost there's only one time out of all the collabs I've done that I actually put that I can think of that I put the creator's name in the title. Most of the time I surprise you with it. Like, I don't mention at all that Flossie Carter is in that one video. I don't mention at all that Mr. Who's the Boss is in that one. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, Michael Fisher is the only one where I think I actually said, you know, with Michael Fisher. And that was one of my first, like, kind of bigger collabs. Um, but for the most part, I like to surprise people. I like, like, I always think I obsess over what the viewer's going to get, what kind of experience they're going to have. I don't really care about me getting anything out of it. I really don't. What I like, because if I did, I would put it up like, hey, look, I'd promote it. I'd do a premiere on it. But look, I'm going to with some so-and-so. I rarely say anything. You actually have to watch the video, and all of a sudden, Mr. Who's the Boss is doing a voiceover. Or Flossie Carter starting the video. Like, I had people, I thought it was hilarious. I had so many people leaving comments on the Flossie Carter, on the, the video that with Flossie was in, that said they either refreshed it, rewind, thought they were on the wrong channel. I feel like, I thought I was on Flossie's channel. I thought it was an advertisement. I thought... 
I like that. I think that's awesome. Like, that's exactly what I wanted because I started that video with Flossie. Like, I'm not even in it. Like, you don't even know it's my video. I love doing that sort of stuff. So when I think of collabs, I obsess over what the viewer is going to experience. And I don't I, I don't look to get anything out of it. Yeah, that, that's pretty cool. I mean, that's the way I do my Friday night live streams. That's like, I don't tell people who's coming. Like, you, you just got to show up and see who comes and then we'll go from there. You never know. You yeah. never know. I think the that element of, of the prize and just it kind of like the way that Disney Plus hid Baby Yoda from us until yeah. the last second. Yeah. That's that, right. The element of surprise is everything, man. Yes. That's why I don't, when I when I know, for example, I'm going to watch a movie, I try not to watch the trailers. Like, mm-hmm. if I know I'm going to watch a movie, I just don't watch trailers. I didn't see the trailer. I didn't watch most of the trailers for Star Wars. I didn't watch almost any of the trailers for, like, John Wick 3, because at that point I knew I was going to get it. You know, I was going to watch it. Like, all those movies and stuff like that, or even video games, I as soon as I know, okay, I'm going to watch it, I'm, or I'm going to get it, I'm, I don't look. I just straight up don't look, because <laughs> trailers will ruin a movie. Yeah, sometimes you're right. Trailers will definitely give away a lot of the movie. Yeah. So, Travis. Yes. We got to, you got to answer the question. All right. I'll answer it right after it is. <laughs> so where did that come from? So that's, I'm glad you brought that up <laughs> because that became, I would not have ever even doubled down on that at all. Had it not ended up in my comments so often the, from the very get go, the very first video I did, the, the catchphrase was always going to be what up play us. That was it from the beginning. There was nothing else. Um, then when I started uh, doing some videos, I was like, okay, I need to transition from this intro part to just getting into the actual video. And I'm just like, uh, I don't know, right after this. Like, and if you watch, um, if you watch some of my older ones, I don't even say it in any kind of like funny way. I'm just like, right after this, you know, it's just, there's nothing to it. So, you know, I, I kind of start to kind of get into it more and put more into it or whatever. But I, again, not thinking anything of it. I'm just, it's literally just a transition point. From the beginning through my intro to what I play is, which has always been the for me the money motto. <laughs> and then comments just kept coming in on Twitter and on and on YouTube videos. I'm gonna watch this right after this. And you know, I love the right after this. And if you ever stop, I've heard this. If you ever stop saying right after this, I'm gonna unsubscribe. I mean, just weird stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, I guess I'll I'll dig into it more. So then I start playing around with it a little bit and um yeah, I appreciate it because that was something that really I didn't, it was never a thing. And people pointed it out to me that they thought it was great. And it's so funny because that's so much about what we do is we think we know what the cool thing is. And it's probably something just left of what we think. No kidding. I had no idea when I was doing my YouTube videos in the course of my video that the word immediately would become yeah. like, yeah, I, as soon as you say, I'm like, I want that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I kept telling you, you need to do that. Was you it did. Ryan? I kept telling you, you said you need to do merch on that because that's you great. did. You did. You yeah. were right, man. Like, I had no clue. I'm like, really? Like, yeah. but yeah, it's just stuff like that that you never know could become something bigger than what it's meant to be, man. Crazy. Yeah. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah. Your new, so, one, your new one. Me and Cancel Greg are doing. Um, <laughs> cancel greg over here i think he's in the chat i think i saw him earlier um so i was looking at perhaps coming back doing a podcast and i was doing a live stream and i was like well it would be cool uh to do a podcast again and then i think someone asked me in the chat like well you know who would you do it with or what would you do it with and i'm like i'd probably and then greg just happened to me in chat i'd probably do it with greg i didn't think anything of it before that i was just like in the moment i was like yeah i mean i, I can do it with greg that'd be interesting because we're kind of opposite right i'm good looking he's not um, I'm 
pretty awesome uh, and I'm he's suspect but the thing is is that I I liked Greg for like who he was and just as a person I had a very little interaction with him up until that point <clears throat> just a little bit here and there and I liked I just liked what I what I knew about him and I thought it'd be having done podcasts before and had I you know I used to have a pretty popular podcast I had multiple co-op co-hosts and I kind of knew what kind of dynamic worked and I just had a feeling that it could work um, and I know Greg wanted to do a podcast, uh, all last year and, you know, you know, he was just looking for an opportunity to make something happen. And then, you know, we talked it through and I remember, <laughs> I remember like one of the very first ones we were going to do, you know, he was really about like, okay, we got to figure out how to do this and that. And I'm like, let's just go, man. I think we're going to be able to just make this work. And then one of the things that we heard a lot, um, right off the bat was our chemistry. And I was like, well, you know, I didn't really think about it like that, but I wasn't surprised either. I was like, yeah, I think just based on what I thought going into it, what it would be like, it just made sense. Like that was the whole reason I did it in the first place because I thought it made sense to do it with me and him because I think our personalities um, complement each other and their conversation styles kind of complement each other. And I'm super happy to be doing, I, I love the podcast. It's great. Um, it's doing very well. It's, it's growing faster than I thought it would, to be honest, if I'm really honest. But then Andrew got me shook this morning trying to figure out if I got to move it off there or not. <laughs> I'm like, Greg, figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I know Andrew um, talked about Anchor a lot being a, a dead platform, but I'm of the mindset that just because people don't update their podcast, that shouldn't be a reflection of the actual platform or whatever. But I mean, he's a smart guy. So I'm pretty sure yeah, he is. Here. It's, hard to, it's hard to just dismiss Andrew when he says stuff like that. So I listen. I also did a little research and it looks like Spotify is still like investing in podcast mm -hmm. stuff. It's not like if anything's going to happen, it's not happening soon. No, well, I'm not worried about moving soon, but he does make a point because here's the thing. Podcasts, unlike like YouTube don't have an algorithm, which is both good and bad. <laughs> 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 oh greg is a super chat he's uh, this is why we get along so well because we yeah you guys really do have oh my god which is ridiculous did you see that that cancel video he did on me a while back i, I you mean a little thing on twitter yeah yes so he did a video for those of you who don't know i don't even know where that he created like a whole new youtube channel for it and everything he's i gotta i gotta give him props because <clears throat> we were doing this fake beef so the way the fake beef between me and greg and by the way it's fake i'll just tell people on right now we're gonna it's an exclusive here on Viper Viper Drive. It's it's fake. So I remember <clears throat> and going back and forth with him on Twitter, and we 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 were joking about all the drama that was going on at the time. I can't remember which drama was going down. It's probably the makeup people or something. And I said, man, we gotta start one of these uh these little beef things, and then get all the subscribers because you get all the subscribers. You do that. So I I <laughs> I put I go to one of his videos and I leave a comment about like how it's terrible or says video is terrible or something, and it it. I left it before I watched the video because watching the video was irrelevant, but he had actually shouted me out in the video, which I didn't know when I left the video about how <laughs> terrible no one would watch it. And then he comes back with a comment like, Oh, and I even shouted you out in the comment. I go, dude, this is not how you start a beef. What are you doing? <laughs> so he eventually kind of caught on. And then I'll be honest. He, he, he shot, he, he threw a shot that I've never tried to volley back because it was so well done. I actually did start to work on something that would have been better, but, I couldn't quite get it together. He made a fake, uh, he made a, a cancel Travis video thing that to this, I mean, it was good, man. I don't know what to tell you. I have to, I had to tip my, so only the only times when I've gone back and forth with somebody that I was like, okay, that's a good one. I'm out on this one. Like I, I don't do that. And I was like, All right, that's a good one. <laughs> you put some time in on that. Yeah. He's he out there joking that this Sunday could be the final gadget cast. Stop <laughs> going, Greg. 
<laughs> yeah, no, everyone, don't worry about it. Don't worry about stop, it. No, stop no, joking. No, I'll keep it going. <laughs> so, interesting question for you, real quick. I know you used to do an MMA podcast, but do you actually like no MMA? Yeah, I used to train uh, MMA during the time, which which is why I think. Um, so I, when I knew I was going to do the MMA podcast, I wanted to train at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I found a gym where a lot of uh, UFC fighters trained at, and I trained at it while I was doing the podcast. I would interview some of those people, and it just so happens that the pot the the gym I trained at um, was actually pretty well renowned, especially in, in uh, UFC and MMA circles. So I would get to interview a lot of very famous MMA fighters, UFC fighters. So that worked out really well. I think it's one of the reasons why um, it ended up being so successful as it did. But yes, uh, I trained. Um, it's been a minute. Uh, I, I actually was literally talking to a friend of mine who I used to uh, grapple with. Um, I just talked to him just the other day. And I'm like, I might want to get back into it. Because one of the reasons I stopped is because um, the place, the gym is far. It, first of all, Seattle's traffic is terrible. When I used to work in downtown Seattle, which I no longer do, but when I used to work in downtown Seattle, it would take upwards of an hour to get home from work. Then I would have to drop Nathan off because he was going to work with me every day. And then I'd have to go from here another 30 minutes or so uh, to the gym to just try to make it in time. And that was just too much. Um, so Saturday uh, would, would be was, were the only days I was able to go. I, I really think, though, I might, now that I work from home, um, I think I might want to start going again. I was literally just talking about that. So we'll see. So what did you train in? Um, it was most, I did mostly grappling, but it was actual MMA. So it wasn't like a, like a traditional martial art. It was literally MMA cause it's an MMA gym. So some kickboxing, but I mostly did grappling cause I oh, okay. really liked grappling. Gotcha. No doubt. So we are about at the end of the podcast, but Travis, if you can hang out with me for a yeah. little bit after, cause I wanted, we got to talk about breaking bad, bro. Oh, well, we can talk mm. about it right now real quick. Oh no, no, no. We need, we need to have like a probably a lengthy chat about breaking bad <laughs> off podcast chat about breaking bad. All right. Um, so I think we're going to end the live portion of the podcast here. Travis, before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you, bro. Yeah, man. Uh, Travis MCP, just Google me and hopefully it, it'll show up. I mean, who knows nowadays, but uh, I'm pretty sure it will. Uh, just Travis MCP. For those of you all watching in the YouTube live stream, thank you very much. If you super chatted tonight, thank you. I appreciate you guys' support. For those of you all listening on audio only, thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. If you guys want to follow Travis, I will have all this information in the show notes below. If you want to support the podcast, there will be information in the show notes for that. But we are about to end the actual live portion of the podcast. And I will be back tomorrow night for episode 60, where we will have the audio micro game key coming to the podcast tomorrow night. So until what about 24 hours or so from now, this your boy Viper, the man about tech. You know where to find me. So come back for more.